for joining Time Out with PSOA, where sports officials share their stories to help recruit, train, educate not only sports officials, but players, coaches, administrators, and fans. Through this information, we're going to help make us all better for the game. Thank you for taking time out with PSOA. Today's topic is going to be sports psychology. And is in, and in previous episodes, this podcast is for not only sports officials, but players, coaches, fans, parents. Today's guest speaker is Todd Kerr, a former baseball, football, basketball official, and a current sports psychologist here in Omaha, Nebraska. Todd, welcome to Time Out with PSOA. Give the audience a little bit of background of your story of becoming a sports official, why you're not a current sports official, <clears throat> and why you chose sports psychology. Uh, Sean, it's great to be here. Um, I started uh, officiating back in the uh, 90s, um, wanted to get back out onto the field and uh, thought it would be a lot of fun and uh, started doing uh, some eight-man football and the like uh, back in central Nebraska uh, around Hastings and uh, developed uh, then the one of the guys that I worked with in football said, hey, what are you doing during the basketball season? And thought that might be fun as well. And so uh, we did uh, uh, the basketball and that. And then uh, earlier, uh, shortly after getting out of college, uh, I did some baseball down in uh, southwest Missouri in the Springfield area and uh, really enjoyed that. And uh, then uh, moved to Omaha uh, in 2000 to uh, continue my education and uh, found that sports officiating was a fantastic uh, companion job for a student and um, started officiating baseball, basketball, and football and uh, about every night of the week. And uh, that's uh, somewhere along that way. That's when I ran into you. And, uh, yeah, the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> yeah, I, I always consider Todd, he, he's, a, he's a saint of lost causes because um, I was lost and uh, he took me on his football crew in the Metro Conference and uh, that's where our friendship yeah. create uh, started and has fostered throughout the many years yeah so why sports psychology now um, it, all along I had wanted to, uh, when I came back to uh, uh, school and grad school uh, I had always wanted to get into sports psychology. Um, the counseling road kind of took me on a, a different path initially. And uh, in my early 40s, I thought that would be, I wanted to get back to that and uh, returned my focus uh, to sports psychology. Well, we're glad to have you on the podcast today. And we're going to touch on topics that are going to work with officials, mental aspect, work with players, mental aspect, yeah. and then coaches and fans. Okay. Um, so the first one is what advice can you give sports officials listening today? How can they handle those personal attacks? You suck. You're terrible. You're awful. Get glasses. <laughs> we heard it all. Yeah. But a new official or official that just, just can't handle it, mm -hmm. what advice can you give them? to learn how to handle those attacks? You know, there's uh, self-talk is a very powerful mental skill. 
And uh, self-talk, uh, our brains have the ability, have the power to heal us, have the power, uh, on the other hand, to make us sick. Uh, many times, perhaps, you have talked yourself into or out of a cold, and uh, today it would be a great example of talking myself into a cold in that I want to be home watching uh, uh, Major League Baseball the opening day of the season. Uh, but uh, um, that aside, uh, our self-talk is so critical to us. And the second piece of self-talk, we'll go deeper into self-talk, but uh, it's our attitude at the beginning of the contest, understanding that this is not personal, that the, uh, the people involved in the coaching, uh, the fans, of course, uh, have an incredible amount uh, invested in this contest. And uh, where uh, that investment is, is where their emotion is. And uh, in the ups and downs of a ball game, uh, that emotion can lead to sometimes some uh, some unfortunate comments. You know, I, I, I take notes as we're writing down this, recording the podcast, and, you know, I tell sports officials, yeah, there are going to be times where I beg you and plea you to yes. work a game. But when you're creating your schedule, only pick the games where you want to be there. Yeah. So if you don't yes. want to work recreational sport – Precisely. Don't work recreational sport. Precisely. Um, walking out onto the court, walking out onto the field with that kind of attitude already puts you two strikes down. It doesn't take much then for uh, the off comment to really, you know, hit that note inside you and set you off. Yeah. And, and the not taking it personally. Yeah. I remember when I first started officiating, I took everything personally yes, yes you did <laughs> and and now don't ask me how i know that and and now i have learned it, it's they are attacking the uniform yes they are attacking the the situation exactly and it's not and and, and more times than not and if you ask the coach uh in the moment uh more times than not they're mad at the situation uh, their kids aren't playing very well. They're not hustling very well. And he or she is just frustrated in the situation. And uh, you just gave them the match that uh, lit the fire. Transitioning here now to the player aspect. Yeah. What's the best way a player can learn from adversity? Mm -hmm. And the adversity could be, you know, a bad call made by an official. For certain. Uh, adversity could be they missed the game-winning shot mm -hmm. or adversity of coming over an injury. Mm -hmm. uh, that has a lot of um, mental aspects for a player. Certainly. The, um, you know, as, as players go and learning from adversity, the first thing that uh, uh, I want to teach the people I work with is we want to eliminate the notion of failure. If we can eliminate the notion of failure, everything from that is either we learn or we win. Winning is easy. We don't investigate, you know, how it feels to win. We don't, you know, that's easy. We all know how to do that. But if uh, I can look at my losses as learning experiences and things that I can uh, learn to develop from, break down tape uh, and so forth, I can take away the notion of failure in that case, what do I fear? And uh, sometimes it's that fear of failure that uh, can so cripple uh, the athlete. And if that notion of failure is eliminated, and I just, it, while the lesson may be hard, 
it uh, it spurs more uh, attention, more uh, guided practice, and uh, we can get back on the winning way. You know, the sports official who works in the NFL, one of the things that he told me, and I don't even think he knows he told me directly, he was speaking to a large group, but he's talking the only reason he's in the NFL today is because when he failed mm-hmm. or made a mistake, he just made sure he didn't do it again. Yes, yes. And, and again, learning from those mistakes and growing from our mistakes. It's hard to grow. It's hard to learn from victory. Nobody investigates that. Nobody looks at that tape with the same enthusiasm, the same energy that we look at our losses. We truly only grow from our defeats. And uh, as, a, as a player, whether you're a young player or a seasoned uh, college or uh, professional player, uh, learning to grow from uh, our losses is really a key. Uh, whether it's a uh, strikeout, you know, in a last at bat, or like you mentioned earlier, uh, missing the game-winning shot. The challenge with missing the game-winning shot is we have time between uh, that shot and the next practice, the next game. Uh, learning from that and growing from that during the game is also something that uh, we would want to uh, help you improve. And this might even be part of the self-talk for sports officials. Don't focus on the bad. Absolutely. Find three things you did well mm-hmm. in that game, mm-hmm. and then, hey, I made this one mistake. How could I get better? Mm-hmm. Self-talk, the positive stuff. The self, the self-talk positive. is uh, such a crucial part of it, uh, especially uh, in baseball, I think, is a, is a classic example. There is so much time in between plays, and sometimes there's time in between uh, moments when you have to make a call. If you're one of the base umpires, you know, you might not be getting a lot of action. That's a lot of time in your head, and uh, that can be toxic or it can be productive. Moving on to the next category, coaches and fans. Um, we see on social media so much of the unsporting behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's what causes people to talk. That's what causes us to have this conversation here in this podcast. In your opinion, um, what is it that is causing the escalation mm-hmm. of unsporting behavior of fans and coaches, and not only directed straight to sports officials, just to each other? Oh, absolutely. Fan to fan, yeah. fan to coach. Yeah. Um, what is causing that escalation of unsporting behavior? I don't mean to sound cynical, but uh, my primary guess would be money. And uh, the money that people involve, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Timmy's uh, dad, and uh, we paid $15,000 this summer for, you know, seven different uniforms and five different hats and coats and different bags. And he's got to have the best, uh, you know, DeMarini bat. And, you know, he's got, got the brand-new glove and all that kind of stuff. And the kid can't throw the ball from, you know, second base to first base. But yet, you know, he's going to the bigs. And uh, it's the money that I spent. And with that money comes some kind of expectation that uh, not only uh, does he play, but, uh, you know, again, I'm Timmy's dad. Timmy plays well. And uh, it's, it, it's the difference of that money and then uh, expectations versus reality. The gap between our expectations and reality, that gap can quite literally be anxiety. 
And uh, the bigger that gap, the larger the anxiety. And so where my expectations are completely unrealistic, you can imagine that uh, that creates quite a bit of anxiety. And with that anxiety comes the anger. And that anger is not going to be directed at myself. It's probably, let's hope it's not directed at Timmy. It's uh, typically directed at a coach, at an umpire. And sometimes that umpire is, you know, a sophomore in high school just trying to earn Coke money. And, uh, you know, just go out and get some burgers and a Coke. And, uh, you know, he's getting screamed at by, you know, some 45-year-old idiot. And, yeah, that's that's what we get. You know, doing what I do when a, from a sports assigning, supervising um, perspective, I'll get emails of umpires, yeah. basketball officials, football officials, performances. And it, it never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> the most emails I get – is third, fourth, fifth grade sports. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is. It's that expectation yes. of, hey, these sports officials are being paid this amount of money. Yeah. They should be really good. Right. And that's not reality. Well, and you and I have talked about it in the past. Uh, uh, officiating is so unique in that uh, this is a profession where on opening day you're expected to be perfect and only improve from there. <laughs> And, uh, you know, whether you're, uh, you know, again, a 16-year-old who's just uh, trying to earn a couple bucks in the summer or you're a, a full-time uh, professional official, um, you know, this, this tends to be the case. Yeah. So I'm going to give a little bit more background uh, for the audience. When sports officials are assigned games, we try to put them on games, number one, where they have a good attitude. Certainly. They want to be there mm-hmm. for those players, fans, and uh, coaches. And then the second thing is we try to put them where they're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it might be third, fourth, fifth grade because they have to learn the rules. They have to learn the mechanics, they, where to stand, just like the players have to learn how sure. to swing the bat, how to throw the ball, how to dribble the ball. So it's a learning process of everybody. For everybody. Together. And then as a fan standpoint, uh, if, especially if you're a new parent, you are learning the process mm-hmm. as well of, mm-hmm. all right, I've invested $15,000, right, but it's not only for the now. Mm-hmm. It, it's developing the holistic view of that child for that future. Um, so I'll, we would like to think so, but uh, that doesn't always happen, unfortunately. So what advice would you give to have people who have that anger, who have that rage, to hone it in, control it, and use that energy in a different way. You know, especially in uh, the select sports and uh, then in the uh, uh, interscholastic sports, uh, this has to come from the administration, and it has to be uh, systemic throughout the entire organization. And so uh, this is a uh, behavior. This is, these are attitudes that uh, we simply just don't endorse. And uh, as such, uh, you know, there can be um, um, teaching, coaching uh, discussions uh, before games, after games, that kind of thing where uh, parents are uh, taught, again, to uh, cheer uh, positively for their own kids. Uh, and uh, if they can't uh, do that, uh, to not cheer at all. And uh, there, are, um, there are parent organizations um, that I have uh, read about uh, where they are only – 
uh, told to cheer for their kid and only uh, in the manner in which that uh, can be stated positively. Is there a way a fan of a team, because every team has that fan. Sure they do. That family. Yeah. Yeah. How can they stand up and correct the behavior without ruining that yeah, that's, boy, that that sure does sound difficult, and uh, especially when you are not that fan, that family, uh, you just want to enjoy the evening. And uh, there's so many times when uh, uh, you know projected uh, excitement, projected uh, uh, ideals and expectations are placed from the parent to the child, and you know uh, I didn't have a good day at work. Uh, things are difficult uh, in the office, and, uh, you know, I missed a sale, and, uh, you know, instead of kicking my dog, I'm going to come out and I'm going to yell at an umpire. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) This is what not to do. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So somebody's out there, and you you talked about teaching, coming out, talking to teams, organizations, a systematic way to handle frustration. is, is there a way organizations, families can reach out to you specifically um, to set up an appointment? Certainly. Yeah, that would be lovely. Uh, I work with Associated Counseling Professionals. Uh, we are at uh, roughly 132nd and Center. We're in the old uh, Prairie Life Fitness Building. And uh, our phone number is 402 334 11 22. All right. Those of you listening on the podcast, we're going to post this on our YouTube channel as well. Um, Visit us at YouTube. Visit us at Facebook. Visit us at Instagram by searching PSOA and or timeout with PSOA. Before we cut it off, Todd, um, what is, has been, it does not have to be sports officiating related. What is your best sport memory? Best sport. <laughs> You'll remember this because uh, you were on the field with it as well. We were doing uh, Metro football, and uh, this was the first year that uh, we were doing it together, Metro football together. And uh, I'll never forget uh, there was a pass interference penalty. And uh, I was running headlines, and uh, you were in the middle. And uh, a new official, a uh, very green official at the time, uh, Robert Anthony, uh, senior master sergeant, retired Robert Anthony from the United States Air Force, was uh, our back judge, and uh, he picked up a, a pretty obvious pass interference call. And uh, he come running up, and uh, our uh, our white hat, Jim Hadley, uh, kind of jogged out, to, you know, knowing exactly what the penalty was. And uh, Jim's also a, a doctor of psychology, so he, he really uh, enjoyed this situation for sure. And uh, he, he ran out there, and he says, uh, Robert, what do you got? He says, well, I don't know, but uh, he sure did cream him. <laughs> and, and Jim said, well, how bad did he cream him? And he says, no, he creamed him good enough for 15. <laughs> and so, okay. So Jim turned to the, uh, the press box and gave the signal for uh, pass interference and, and said, he creamed him. That's a 15-yard penalty. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that that's the nature of officiating and uh, just so many memories like that. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking time out today with PSOA. 
Again, those listening, if you want to reach out to Todd Kerr, um, Associated Counseling Professionals here in Omaha, Nebraska, um, it will be posted on the YouTube and all of our social media platforms. Make sure you like and subscribe us. And sports officials, remember, you're only as good as your last call. A Heard at Sports Network production.